Good morning. Good morning. Come on, come on, come on. Good morning. Tell somebody, you ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? How many times did I say? Come on, who's ready? We ready for the word of God? Amen. Anybody excited about the word of God? Because I'm excited. I was just waiting for Mark to finish. I'm like, get out, get out already. Come on, come on. Ring the bell. I want to get in the fight. Let's go. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Everybody get everybody settled. Everybody got a place to sit. Squeeze in together and make room for somebody. If they need room, there's a little space there in the middle. Come on, let's get comfortable. Everybody comfortable? Okay, good. Stand up. Come on, let's stand up for the reading of the word. Amen. I want you to listen carefully because because it's, it's, it's quick, it's short, but I want you to really receive it and hear it and let it, let it, amen? Let's bow our heads. Go ahead. The word of the Lord. Psalm 9, verse 9 to 10. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. The word of the Lord. Amen. 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 You have never forsaken those who seek you. You may be seated. Father, we just ask you for your spirit. Spirit of God, thank you for being with us. Spirit of God, thank you for filling this place. Spirit of God, now give us understanding, give us wisdom, give us direction and guidance. God, change us from the inside out, Lord God. Let us have an encounter with you, an encounter with your word. Your word says that you are your word. Your word is you. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So, so God, we thank you for you today. And we ask you to move and, and, and whew, you may be seated. Amen. 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 I want to talk to you today. I want to start a new, a new series this morning. I want to talk to you today about God's promises. God's promises in a message series titled Promises, Promises. Amen. Remember when you were a kid, for some of us it's a little longer away than others. Remember when you were a kid and somebody told you they were going to do something or they were going to get you something? And remember as a kid you said, you promise? You promise? And, and you remember, I mean, I mean, you know, hopefully, I'm, I'm sorry if you had really, really horrible parents or didn't have any parents, but... but You've seen the movies, right? For, for a lot of us, when, when, when the kid says, you promise, and you knew that if, if mom or dad or whoever it was that was making that promise, you knew that if they said, I promise, to you it was as good as done. Amen? You remember that feeling? I know it was a long, long time ago, but do you, do you remember that? As long as, as long as you got a promise, it was, when you were a kid, it was like a, a, it was like a covenant, it was like a guarantee. It was good as done. To a child, a promise is a covenant, man. It's, it's money in the bank. Amen? But as we get older, though even the word promise begins to be suspect. Anybody? Because we've been so jaded and we've been given so many bad examples and we've had so many bad experiences with the promise that that promises don't mean as much to us anymore. Am I talking to anybody? They don't carry the weight that they once had. Now, when somebody makes a promise, it's almost like we go back and we go, promises, promises. Right? Anybody? Young ladies, you know when you met, when you met player number one? You remember back when you met player number one? And he said, baby, baby, I promise I loved you like I never loved anybody before in my life. The guy's 13, but, you know, 
I love like never before. I promise this is different. I promise I'm going to treat you right. I promise me and you, we're going to get married one day. I promise, right? By the time you met player number two, and he said, no, baby, this is different. <laughs> I never felt like this before. I promise. What did you say? Promises, promises. Wives, how about when your husbands, this is messed up, right? <laughs> I'll take care of that, I promise. I promise I'm going to get around to fixing that. I promise I won't forget your birthday again. I promise that our anniversary is going to be special. I promise this time, right? What do we say? Husbands, how about when your wives say, I promise I'll let you pick the next movie. If, if you just take me to this chick flick, I promise. I promise if you get me this pair of shoes, I won't need anything for a long, long time. I promise. Get me this bag and I promise. And what do we say, husbands? Promises, promises. Politicians. <laughs> <laughs> That's just funny by itself, right? Politicians. <laughs> that guy's funny. I promise I'm going to cut the taxes. I promise you're not going to pay more taxes. I promise you're going to have more jobs. I promise I'm going to end world hunger. I'm going to pull, I'm going to end the war, but I'm going to stop terrorism. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, I promise, I promise. What do we say? <laughs> You got a good one there. That was good. <laughs> so, when, so when Pastor Gary and I felt like we wanted to do a series talking about God's promises, I knew that this wasn't going to be as easy as it sounded. Because it's easy to say, listen, I'm going to talk to you about promises today. And, and some of you are respectful. So inside, with your inside voice, you'd say, promises, promises. I've been in church a long time. I've never seen nothing. I've been in a lot of churches, and everything they ever told me was going to happen never happened. And, and, and I come from this experience and that experience. And they told me, oh, that if I gave money for this, we were going to see this. I never saw that. They told me that if we did this, we were going to do this. We never saw that. They told me. And, and so it's easy, even in church, if we said, I'm doing a series. I knew I, knew I wasn't going to get a whole bunch of amens when I said, I'm doing a series on God's promises. Did you notice, like, nobody got excited? I kind of expected, it hurt me a little bit, but I kind of expected that. Because I know people are jaded, right? The word promise is suspect. And so, so what I want to do, I, I don't want to waste an entire series or a sermon or even one sermon pulling out every scripture that has with it or in it or through it a promise. I, I think it would seem unfair. It would feel like a disservice to you if I just added more promises to your life. And that could easily sound like the same kind of promises that you've been hearing all your life. So, so you, you guys know I could ramble off a list of promises, right? You, you know me, right? I could ramble off a list of promises, but I didn't want to just do that. I, I, I know that I could tell you about promise after promises. You know, like, like, like when the word says, when you come near to God, he'll come near to us, James 4, 8. Like, like the promise that says, he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, Philippians 1, 6. Like the promise that says, if you ask for help today, he'll hear you, Proverbs 3, 21. I can ramble off promise after promise, like, like the promise that says he will go with you, he'll sustain you, he'll strengthen you, Psalms 89, 21, and 22. Like the promise that says he'll be your confidence, Proverbs 3, 21. Like the promise that says he will deliver you no matter what, Psalm 18, 19. He'll increase you mightily, Deuteronomy 6, 3. The things that God has prepared for those who love him are beyond human comprehension and imagination, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. I could rattle off promise after promise, like no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, 2 Corinthians 1, 20. Like, whoever receives Christ becomes a child of God and is given eternal life and is no longer under condemnation and has crossed over from death to life. John 1.12, John 3.16, John 5.24. I could do this all day. 
You've been far from God? Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Malachi 3.7 Too much sin? Well, if you confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9 Are you tired? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and the promises that he'll give you rest. Matthew 11.28 If you're called to wait on him, he promises you're going to be okay there. Isaiah 30.18 those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, 31. Some scholars believe there are 8,000 promises in the Word of God. We got time? But, but, but I don't want to just rattle off promises after promise. Like, like the one that says, even in, if chaos abounds, you will experience perfect peace. Isaiah 26, 3. Like the promise that says the waters may rise, but they won't overtake you, Isaiah 43, 2. You do not labor in vain, Isaiah 65, 23. He will reward you, Psalm 18, 20. Promises could seem like empty words to some of us. Like, like the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever, 1 John 2, 17. Promises that say, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will go in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I have overcome and sat down with my father. Revelations 3, 20 through 21. I could go on and on, but I really don't want to. I don't want to waste these precious promises. Like the one that he says, he will fill you when you need it, just like he always has, Psalm 81.10. Like your barn is going to burst open with blessing, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Anybody receive that today? You can't imagine the mercies ahead, Psalm 18.25. These precious promises that I'm looking at, I don't want to waste them because if we're so jaded that we won't or we can't take them seriously or appreciate them, promises that say he's got wisdom ready for you to use, Proverbs 2.7. He loves you to eternity and back, Psalm 146.8. His covenant of love for you will never ever fail, Psalm 89.28. Somebody should stand up if you're excited. Your reward beyond heaven, beyond today is heaven, Psalm 23.6. You've got blessings waiting around the corner. Psalm 24.4 and 5. I wish I could share some precious promises with you today. I wish we'd be able to receive them and walk in them. Even in our worst conditions, there are promises that say, if you mess up, he'll abundantly pardon. Isaiah 55.7. You will have the things that you need. Psalm 34.9. God will restore your soul, Psalm 23.3. He'll guide you through the rough spots and help you to do the right thing, Psalm 25.9. He will be the order that covers your disorder, Psalm 37.23 and 24. Woo. Do you feel alone? Because his promises says he's encamped angels all around you, Psalm 34, 7. He will hold all the pieces of your life together, Psalm 46, 1. He will keep you safe under his mighty wings, Psalm 91, 1. With each day you are growing stronger and stronger, Job 17, 9. Come on, somebody. I wish I could just read off some of these incredible promises, but I don't want to do that. Like the promise that says he promises to bless those who declare his name. Psalm 89, 15. That he will deliver you from the wicked conspiring people around you. Psalm 37, 40. Somebody received that. Amen. The troubles of this day can't stand up to his power. Psalm 34, 7. Carry on through the sadness. He'll replace your tears with joy. Psalm 126, 5. He will provide everything. He's your need filler. Psalm 23.1 You still doubt? He's going to tame your doubt and fulfill that dream in your heart. Psalm 37.4 
Have confidence. He will make his words known to you, Proverbs 1, 23. If you seek him, you're going to find him, 2 Chronicles 15, 2. He will pour out his spirit on you, Proverbs 1, 23. God will put a new song in your mouth, and many will put their trust in him, Psalm 43. I wish I could just tell you all the promises, but I don't want to waste the sermon doing that. <laughs> But here's, here's what matters. Here's, here's what we need to know first. Here's what we need to understand before we get to the promises that I do want to share in this series. The power, get ready to tweet this. The power of a promise lies in the character of the one who promises. Okay, one guy in the back got it. The power of a promise lies in the character of the one who promises. Right? There's no, there, there's no power in the promise unless there's integrity in the one who promises. Come on, let's understand this. A man on the street, you could pull up here and somebody says, Oh, sanctuary has valet parking. Give me your keys. I promise. I'll park your car and I'll bring back the keys to you. Hopefully, many of you are smart enough to know that we do not have valet parking. Hopefully, you're clever enough to know that the guy that asks for your keys, you've never seen him before. And so hopefully, you would be clever enough to not trust him with the promise. His promise should mean nothing to you. Because you don't know him. Because there's no character in him that you know of. Because he has no integrity that you know that he can speak of. So his promise means nothing, right? It's like a guy that says, you know, you give him the keys to your house. And you say, I'm going to be away. I just want you to watch my house. A stranger. And he says, I'll watch your house. I promise. I won't touch anything. I promise everything will be right where it's at. I promise, he has, you don't know this stranger from the street, so you would not give him the keys, right? His promise means nothing. Because, listen, a man can make all sorts of promises. He can say he'll always be there. Listen, single ladies. He can say he'll always be there. He can say he'll watch over you. He can say he'll provide for you. But if, if he's just somebody you don't know, these promises shouldn't mean anything. Say amen. amen. They can't possibly and should not hold any weight. It's amazing the things that we trust people with. When we're not thinking right. When we're thinking with other parts of our anatomy. Come on. I'll just let that one alone. But if the one who says he'll always be there has shown himself there, if the one who says he'll provide for you has recently provided for you, if, if he's kept his word, if he's trustworthy, if he's faithful, come on, somebody, to let me know you're feeling this. If, 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 if he's shown himself to be true, if he's shown himself to be there, if he's shown himself to be faithful, then, then that, sh that changes the game, doesn't it? So, so listen, rather than ramble off a list of promises and where they can be found so that you can learn them and trust them and walk in them, even though I hope you did that, but... Rather than do that right off the bat, what, what I'd like to do at the beginning of this series is I want to focus on the things that God said that He's already done. Anybody excited? Because if you can see the character of the one who promises, then maybe, hopefully, eventually, we can learn to walk in those promises. Because there's nothing more beautiful than when the children of God walk in the promises of their Father. Amen? 
And so, so you know right off the bat, that's the goal of this entire series. It's not to get you hyped up. It's not to, to get you memorizing a lot of stuff or looking up a lot of stuff. It's not, I don't want you to, you can't look at the promises of God like a lotto number. If I, if I just get the right one, if I get the right combination, if I get the numbers in the right place, I'll have everything I need. Right? Some of you, some, some of us, right, we, we, we look at the word like the mega. We look at the word like, like the, the whatever, the thousand a day, the win for life or, or whatever. You, listen, you can win for life with the word of God. There's promise for your life every day with the word of God. You can jackpot every time you crack it open. Every time you can have the winning numbers. Every time you'll get the winning combination. Every single time. But we have to learn the character of the one who promises. Because if we, if we receive his character and if we receive his nature, and then if we open ourselves to trust the promiser of the promise, then we can walk in the promise and, and, and his promises can be fulfilled. Amen? So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to go right to the very beginning. I don't know about you, but I hate when movies start in the middle of the story. And then the rest of the movie, you're figuring out what happened in the beginning. I, that confused me. I'm not smart enough for that stuff. I hate that. Don't you hate that? You, you get into the movie, right, and they tell you the story, and it's like, wow, amazing. And then it goes, January 2010. Like, but, and so now you got to start thinking, wait, no, 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 this is not now. This is what happened before, and this is what happened. And you got to piece the story. I hate that. I Tell me a story from the beginning to the end. That's how I like to hear a story. Amen. So, so we're just going to set this thing up today. Listen, we're not going to even get into this message today. We're not even going to start this series today. This has all been a trailer. <laughs> Amen? This is the trailer today. We're not going to jump in the water. We're just going to get close to it. And maybe some of you are going to be bold enough to get your feet wet. Some of you are still reserved. You're like, the promise just turned you off. As soon as we said we're doing a series on promise, you're thinking, how many weeks so that I can go someplace else this week? Because you're jaded, man. We're hurt by that. And I understand that. So, so all I'm trying to do with this series is get us close to the water. Get us close to the river. Some of you are going to dip in and say, wow, esto está bueno. Some of you, I love your faith. You're going to jump right in whether you see the water or not, man. I, that's, the, that's my crew up in here in the front. They just jumping. You said there's water? You better believe it wasn't a joke because I'm jumping. <laughs> I love, I love, I love those, man. But I understand. Listen, I understand where we've all, because I've been at every one of those. I've been at this place, and I've been like, like the guy in the middle section that hides in the middle, off to the side row. And I just want to duck and just be here and just test this thing out. I just want to see if this thing is real. I want to watch the way that guy treats people after the sermon. I want to watch how these people that are up there singing, I want to watch how they treat me in the street. I want to watch how they treat me when, when I see them at Dunkin' Donuts. I want to see if they even say hi to me. I, I want to see if they, when they see them in the bodega, if they smile at me, or if that smile is only when they're up here. Praise God. I wanna, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not here. I'm not a Christian. I'm not a member. I'm not even a visitor. I'm ghost. I'm just here. You don't see me. I'm just checking you out. I want to test this thing. I want to know. I, I've been to churches before. I've been, I heard all of this before. I know, I know God. I love God, but I don't, I don't love the church. If you're there, it's all right. You're in the right place. Amen? You're in the right place. You don't have to love us. We're going to love you. After, once... Once the one that's faithful has shown himself faithful, then, you, then the responsibility is on you. Up until that point, you just keep trusting God only. Amen? All right, so let's go right to the very, let's get our feet wet a little bit. Right at the very beginning in Genesis, if we're careful, if we handle it correctly, if we go slow enough, if we, if we reflect and if we ask God to give us wisdom when we read, we get the picture painted for us right from Jump Street, right from the very start. It's a picture of the promises of God. You've heard the creation Bible story, right? You've heard God creates the heaven and the earth, Genesis 1, right? Right in the beginning. We're going to tell the story from the beginning, amen? 
So you know how it happens, right? He designs this incredible world. There's plants, and, and, and he, takes, he takes five days to, 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 with seeds and plants and vegetation, and he makes fruits and, and animals in the sea and, and fish and, and animals flying around and this, and, and he makes all these things. He creates this beautiful atmosphere. It's a picture, right? It's a Norman Rockwell painting, and, and there's little trees and, and there's little bo- and there's bushes, right? And there's scenery, and there's light and the light is separated from darkness there's day and there's night and and he he paints this incredible picture he he creates this always baffles me he creates greenery and and the plants and and the thing about greenery you know photosynthesis right let's let's talk let's science for a minute let's get scientific the the greenery that he creates takes in carbon dioxide to survive and releases oxygen that amazes me. Anybody see why? I, I can see how people say, you know, science is amazing and it's, it's amazing how everything evolved and changed to adapt to the environment. And, but the problem with that theory is that if these things didn't work like that right from the start, they would never have survived to evolve. That's the problem with the theory of evolution, why it's still a theory. If, if the plants from the beginning didn't take in carbon dioxide and release oxygen, that's just what they do. If they didn't do that from the beginning, the atmosphere wouldn't be right for us to live in. So it can't adapt. It can't change. It has to work from the beginning because for something to evolve, it has to survive. And if it didn't do this in the beginning, it would never have survived. And how many of you know a dead Monkey can't turn into a human because he's dead. Do, do you get the theory of evolution? You see the big hole in the theory? If the, uh, uh, let's go further, if the amoeba, if the tadpole, if the, if the fish didn't survive to evolve, then it would be a dead fish. A dead fish can become a monkey. A dead monkey can become a human. Do you understand? For something to evolve, it has to survive. And so that's just the beauty of creation. God, God designs this place and everything works, right, from the beginning. And then after he set the stage, I'm sorry I went off there, but that's just amazing to me. After he set the stage, after he created everything, he put everything in his place, it says God saw that it was good. And then he said, now let's make man in our image. Before he created man, he wanted to make sure everything was good. uh, uh, Can you see daddy in this? Before he created, he, he wanted to make sure the lights were in place. The atmosphere was beautiful. He wanted to make sure there was provision. He wanted to make sure not just that, that everything worked, but he wanted to make sure it was beautiful. Now remember, we're looking for the heart of the one who promises. That's the reason we're, we're, we're getting into this, right? We want to look at the character in the promiser. And so we're looking to see if, if we matter to the one who made these promises to us. Right, Because you know, for someone to make a promise to you, that person has to matter, or you have to matter to that person for you to trust that. A- amen? So God goes through day five of preparation. And then on day six, he says, all, all through this, I, I just picture this. He's setting this up, and he's saying, another little tree, another little bush, another little this, and another little that. And all through this, I believe he's saying, on day six, my children are going to come. On day six, my kids are coming to live here. On day six, my, my children are going to just see everything that I've created for them. You know when, you know when someone important is coming to your house? Come on, you, come on, you got... You have company coming, you have family coming over, right? You will take a day off of work just to clean the house. Come on, say amen. Some of you look like no. All right, well, most of us, a lot of us. You will take the day off of church. You won't come into church because there's a church lunch at your house after, after service. 
And it's more important for you to clean the house and to have the place prepared than to come and be fed at church. Come on, let's be honest. Because when somebody's coming to your house that's important, somebody that matters, you want to make sure everything is in its place, right? That's when you make the bed. <laughs> Come on, we can be honest, right? We're family. That, I tell my wife, nobody go into my bedroom. What, what's the problem? You've got to make, you got to clean the kitchen, the kitchen, the, the bathroom on the fourth floor. I said, nobody's going up there. You got to clean the hallway upstairs. I'm not letting nobody upstairs. Don't worry. It's only, you know, everything got to be in its place. Amen. How come you don't do that when the cable guy comes over? I'm sorry if this cable guy's here, but you're just not that important to us. <laughs> I'm sorry. That don't sound right. But you understand what I'm saying, though, right? When Con Ed is sending somebody, I'm sorry, Con Ed guys. Sorry, Ruben. When, when, when Con Ed is coming, you don't stay home and take a day off of work and make sure the bed is made. You, you, you know he's coming this time and this time, open the door, to, you know where the meter go. Step over the kid, you know, step over the junk and step over. It doesn't matter, right? It's, it's a different thought, isn't it? So, so the father creates man in his image. I hope you get that picture. Male and female, he creates us. Now, imagine for a minute or two, you, you got to reflect on this with me. Imagine a place where everything has been perfectly designed. Imagine a place where the lion can really lay with the lamb. Imagine a place where, there's, where animals are free, there's, there's nothing but beauty all around you. Picture for a moment that everything you could want or need is laid out before you. Some of you might think Hawaii. An island, you know, the Bahamas. Some, you, yeah, everything is laid out before you, man. Everything you want. There's mangoes falling off the tree. There's, there's animals that are just playing with you and you're playing with them. And it's just everything. There's no murder. There's no sickness. There's no killing. There's no sin. There's no trickery. There's no deceit. There's no lying. There's no stealing. There's no clothes. You're just naked and unashamed. Can you imagine the beautiful picture? Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. Just. It's like that commercial. I look at your man, now look at me. Look at your man, now look at me. Huh? They were naked and unashamed. It's just beautiful. They were both naked and they felt no shame, the word says. And then in Genesis 2, we find out he sets them in the middle of the garden. This is beautiful. And he tells them, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of that tree, you will surely die. God didn't pull no punches. He said you could eat from, he said you get sick. He didn't say you're going to go in the bathroom. He said, you, I don't even know if they went to the bathroom back then. I, we don't know. It was, everything was beautiful, right? So I can't picture that. Anyway, anyway, let's not go there. I think things just, everything was just good. But anyway. So, so he tells them, you're free to, I don't know how you guys look at promises, but I think there were a couple of promises made right there. God says, you can eat from any tree in the garden. To me, that's a promise that this tree will continually bear fruit. Remember, this is the first time we ever see a tree. So you don't know what a tree does. You don't know how a tree got there. You don't know if it grows. You don't know if the mangoes that are hanging on that tree, if, if they're ever going to finish. So God makes a promise. He says, you can eat from any tree. To me, that says, those trees are going to keep supplying and they're going to keep regenerating and they're going to keep growing and you're going to keep having all the mangoes and pineapples and everything that you want. Right? And then, and then the, to me, that's another problem. He's saying, none of these things are going to make you sick. You can eat from any tree. He, he's also saying, none of these are poisonous. Right? We go eat the wrong thing now in the jungle, we'll die. Right? You saw Hunger Games, right? You eat the bear. Anyway. That's a promise to me that none of these are poisonous, that, that they're going to keep on. But he says, but don't eat from that tree or you're going to die. Tell somebody, you're going to die. That's another promise, isn't it? By definition of the word promise, that's another promise. He says, if you eat from that, you'll die. I promise 
If you eat from that tree, you're going to die. So it's a promise. God said, if you eat, you're going to die. Remember, we're trying to see the character of the one who made these promises. To determine if these are empty promises or to see if the one who made all these promises to us is the kind of promiser that we can trust. That we can believe in, that we can rely on. Everything was beautiful until that dreadful day when disaster came. The day when everything changed for them, for the world, for the animals, for you, for me. Everything changed. Genesis 3, it says the serpent came and talked with the woman. Side note, men, don't ever let the serpent talk to your wife. Keep the serpent away from your wife. You put whoever's name you want in serpent. Because the serpent even here in Genesis was a picture of the enemy. Okay. So the serpent does what the enemy still does this day. He distorts the truth in a question and plants seeds of doubt. What did, what did he say? He goes up to Eve and he said, Sweetie, listen. Did, did, I pictured a serpent with legs and feet, you know, because when he got cursed, they, he said, you're going to crawl on the belly. So I think the serpent was kind of a good looking, you know. And so he's probably like, you know, hey, hey, Eve. Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? You lying, stinking, perverted, diablo de su madre. You know, you know he didn't say that. You know what he said. But what does he do? He paints God's positive as a negative. He said, did God say you can't eat from any tree? That's how the world does. That's how the enemy does in the world to us. They say, oh, you're a Christian? That means you can't do anything? Does that mean you can't? Say, no, I just can't. Do, I just shouldn't do. I could do anything I want, but not everything is good for me. Not everything is beneficial. I'm just not going to do the things that will get me ended up the way you are right now. Yeah, I can smoke all I want, but then I'm going to be a weed head like you. Yeah, I could drink every day. I could drink all I want, and be, but then I'll be an alcoholic drunk without a job like you. I can have all the sex I want. I could get everything, but then I'll be disease written like you. I have 19 baby daddies. No, and so the enemy paints, paints God's positive into a negative. He's, he says, and, and, and so then she, she's shocked by that, and she says, no, man, he didn't say we couldn't eat from any tree. He just said, just not that one. If we even touch that one, we will surely die. Chica, did God say if you touch it, you're going to die? Did God say that? Did we read that in the Word? No. God said you can eat from any tree, but don't eat from that one or you will surely die. See, man is always adding to what God says. Come on. Man always wants, that's religion, man. Man always wants to add to what God said. Man, was, and she says, no, nah, man, if we even touch it, we're going to die. And what does the devil says? Surely you're not going to die. Points that, puts that doubt, see the doubt in us. You ain't going to die. And got her looking at the fruit. And the word says that the fruit was beautiful and it enticed her. It was so amazing. And she saw, what, what does the enemy say? You're not going to die. As a matter of fact, you're going to be better. You're going to be like God. That's why God don't want you to have it. You're going to be like God. Church, that's, that's the battle that we face every day. The world tells them, listen, you do, do the thing. You could, you could lie a little bit. You could cheat a little bit. You could do a little bit. Because listen, it'll make you better. You're going to be better. You're going to be ahead of the man. Right? And, and, and you're going to be better than the man. The man just doesn't want you to, and, and anyway, you put in that what you want to. So let's rewind. God, God said you, can, you can't eat. He said you can't eat from that tree. He never said anything about touching it. The man always wants to add to what God says. And you know how the story ends up. It's tragic. It's life-changing for them and for every one of us right up to you and me today. But again, all we're concerned about today in the series is the character of God. Is he true to his word? Can he be trusted? So, so does he have the power in his character through history to carry out what he promises? So, so far, he created a place for us. He prepared. Then he made sure we had everything we needed. He provided. Then he warned us about the one thing in all of the land that could kill us. He protected. So what's next? Now the damage is done. Adam and Eve were fallen. They were naked and ashamed. And when they heard God coming, they hid. You know the story. They heard God coming. 
and they went and hid. That's what we still do, isn't it, church? When we know we've done wrong, we hide. You could ask a hundred of your friends, why are you not in church? Well, when I get things together, right now I can't. We hide. We know, we know things ain't right, so we hide from God. It's foolish. Where are you going to hide? I love the verse that says, where you can't, nothing can separate you from the love of God. If you make your bed in heaven or if you make your bed in hell, even there the love of God is there. Nothing can separate you. Amen? So, so here's what happens and here's, here's what God says. In Genesis 3, 14, he says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, Cursed are you above all the livestock and all of the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you'll eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. That means friction. I'm going to put friction. I'm going to put issues between you and the woman for the rest of your life. Between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Watch this. Watch this. Listen, listen. Lean in. Wake up. Wake up. Whoever fell asleep. Watch this because this is the first promise of the gospel in the Old Testament. This is a, a first, the first promise of the gospel in the Bible. He gives us the picture. And he's going to do it in two different ways so that even the brutos could get it. Amen? Tell somebody there's hope for you. He sees Adam and Eve trying to cover themselves up with fig leaves. The word says that they sewed fig leaves together. And, and they try to cover themselves up. And so what does God do? God makes leather clothes for them. He makes clothes out of skins. You know the first leather coat God made? Isn't that amazing? God is a leather designer. Before we even thought it was cool, God made leather pants. He was out of... Anyway, anyway. But listen, listen, he makes clothing for them out of skins. He makes leather clothes. So it gives us the first picture that for the covering of our sins, they're going to have to be a sacrifice. Do you see the beauty? Do you see the gospel in there? Something, God had to kill an animal. An animal had to die. Blood had to be shed so that their sins could be covered. You see the picture of the gospel? So it gives us the first picture that for the covering of our sins, there has to be a sacrifice. Then, in what he says to the serpent, he gives the second picture of the promise of the gospel. He says, I will cause enmity, friction, between the woman and the serpent, and between your offspring and his offspring. He, you're going to strike his heel, but he's going to crush your head. He says to Satan, say praise God. See, God promised through the seed meaning descendants of, a, of woman, Eve, God promised through her seed that the one would come that would crush the head of Satan. It's a picture of the promise of the Messiah. Satan would bruise his heel. He would attack and give Jesus his worst at the cross. But then in the cross, at the cross, Jesus would crush his head, having total victory over death. Come on, man. We need to get a little more excited. That's a picture of the gospel right in the first book of the Bible. So let's recap real quick. He promised that we could eat from every other tree, and that was true. He promised that if we ate from the one tree he warned us about, we would die, and that was true. But then he went further. Even after we disobeyed, even after we rebelled against him, even after he provided a covering so that we can stand in the presence of God once again, Please listen. He's given us a picture of the ultimate sacrifice that he would send in his son to shed his blood so that we would have an everlasting covering and that we can be restored to God. So far, I hope that you can start to see the very nature and the heart of the one who's made the promises that I read to you in the beginning. Listen, I understand, worship team, you guys could come. I understand you may not be ready to trust them just yet. I understand you may not be ready to walk in these promises just yet. But my prayer is today that you would not harden your heart. That, that you would come close to the promise maker. So I want to leave you with that picture and a promise. Listen, the one who promises, promises us these things, he's, 
He's faithful. He's just. He's compassionate. He's the lover of our souls. He cares. He hears. He sees. He loves. He gave us more than he could ever get from us. Church, a lot of people will promise you things to get things from you. God gave us what we couldn't give him. He promises us and has nothing in return that we can offer him. The gospel is this picture, the sacrifice that provided a covering for our sins when we were naked and ashamed. Listen, look at the picture. Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together. They made these clothes out of fig leaves. Understand, if you, if you read about fig leaves, fig leaves are coarse and they're very prickly. How many of you want to wear pants made out of fig leaves? These fig leaves will always have to be fixed because if you sat down once, they're going to tear. And when you got back up, you'd have to fix again and you'd have to mend it again. And you'd always have to worry, do I have a covering? Is there something showing? Is, is, am I covered? Listen, that's, the fig leaf is a picture of religion. Religion is man's fig leaf sewn together in an effort to stand and not be ashamed and before, before God of our sin. But with religion, we always got to worry, are we covered? Did I do enough? Am I doing enough? Am I saying enough? Did I pray long enough? Did I read long enough? Do I know enough scripture? Am I doing, did I do enough good to outweigh my bad? Any of you still live like that? Did I do enough good today to outweigh all the bad things that I've done? Am I too bad? I can't. There's no way that I can stand before God. I got to hide again. Church, the Father provided the ultimate covering. And right before, this was before the New Testament, before anything that ever else was written, He gave us that picture. And here's the promise that I want to close with from Revelations 22, 17. Can we just stand all around this place and we just bow our heads and just hear the word of the Lord? <coughs> Family, I don't know what you've been covering yourself with. I don't know how you've been trying to succeed in this spiritual life. What you've been trying to do to get ahead. Or what you've been trying to do to get more, to learn more, to do more. I don't, I don't know where, where you are in that, in that spectrum. But the only covering that satisfies, the only covering that would actually cover you, the only covering that actually allows you to stand in the presence of God, the only covering that can reconcile you, that can bring you back into reconciliation with God, is what happened on the cross. And so leave you with this promise from Revelations 22, 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take free the free gift of the water of life. Listen, if that's you today, would you not waste one more moment? Would you come? If you're thirsty, would you come? Get out of your seat. Get away from whoever you're with. Come on, it's time to make some changes. It's time to, to, to say, God, I need to stand before you. And I need to stop trying to cover myself with good deeds. I need to stop trying to cover myself with religion. I need to stop trying to, trying to make myself approved. I need to understand that in you, I'm approved. In you, I'm accepted. In you I'm loved. In you I'm already forgiven. Be while I was yet a sinner, the word says, God died. While I was still dirty. While I was still in my funk. While I was still in my prison. While I was still in the jail of my habits. While I was still far from you, God, you. And so the spirit and the bride today say, come. Come on, we want to see some people get free today, amen?
Amen. 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 If you're, if you're coming forward, we're just going to pray over you right now. Then we're going to worship together for a few minutes. Wherever you are in this place or if you're listening to this online, whatever, I just want you to receive this prayer and understand that the price has already been paid. The price has already been paid. Amen. And if God set all of this up so that we can stand, so that you can stand before him today, so that we can stand together and accept you as family and love on you today as family, then everyone in this room will say it's worth it because we love you. So, Father, we just lift our voices to you. We lift our hearts to you right now, Lord God, and we just thank you for those that even now are still coming to you, for those that are trusting in you, for those that today may have had some obstacles removed, for those today that may may have at least grabbed a, a little seed of your word in them today, and, and I pray that that seed would continue to unfold, that it would continue to give life to the rest of their bodies, Lord, those that are still in doubt, those that are still holding out, Lord, I just pray for your gift, your life. I pray for your spirit, Lord, to arrest them, to take hold of them. Father, we thank you that you meet our needs. We thank you that you supply. We thank you, God, that you love us and you care for us. Father, we receive your promise today, the promise of everlasting life. And if you've responded today, would you just say that to God? Say, God, I receive your promise of everlasting life. I receive your son. Your word says that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart that you died, that you sent your son to die so that we can be forgiven, then then it's done. It's done. Father, help us to believe. Help us to walk. Help us to encourage one another and build each other up. Help us, God, to not just show your love in this in this building, but to show it even more as we step outside, Lord. Father, teach us to shine. We'll trust you. We trust the promiser. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship, church. Come on, let's worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.